0: You're listening to Southern Fried Sports with Travis Ryer on Tide 100.9 in Tuscaloosa.
1: Uptown Square Media Station.
0: WTUG HD2 Northport. W265 CG Tuscaloosa. Tide 100.9. And streaming on the Tide 100.9 app. This is Southern Fried Sports with Bama Online Senior Analyst Travis Ryer on your home for Alabama sports. Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
3: It's 11 a.m. on a Friday morning. It is time once again for Southern Fried Sports. On your home for University of Alabama Athletics, Tide 100.9 FM, Travis Ryer Senior Analyst for BamaOnline.com with you. Weekdays from 11 a.m. until noon. The show, as always, brought to you by Peterbrook Chocolatier out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section up Tuscaloosa, what a big week. You can kill so many birds with just one stone this week at Peterbrook Chocolatier. You got Teacher Appreciation Week. You got Nurses Appreciation Week. And of course, you've got Mother's Day on Sunday. So get by there. Knock it all out. Peterbrook Chocolatier, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North. Joined on the program by the executive producer of Southern Fried Sports, Jacob Harrison. And together, we combine to form the 60-minute boom of Sports Talk Radio. Is there a sense of emptiness for you going into this weekend, Jacob, after so much lead-up into the last weekend and the NFL draft and just NFL football talk in general? uh, Is it a bit of a letdown for you this weekend, Jacob? No, nah, I, think, I
0: think I'm think i just going to take advantage of the opportunity to get some rest in, to be honest. There you go.
3: Recharge. <laughs> it's the start of a long offseason. Re- rejuvenate. Uh, maybe get a couple of minor procedures performed after the wear and tear of the draft season, you know, and get ready for the run-up to the 2021 football season. Certainly college football, a big part of that as well. We're going to talk a lot of college football on the program. We tend to do that here on Southern Fried Sports. You're welcome to do it with us. At 205-342-9904, that is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. If you'd like to jump on board again, welcome, one and all. We're going to talk with Charlie Potter, my colleague there, at BamaOnline.com. Coming up in our very next segment, a lot of things to get into with Charlie. There have been some newsy items in relation to Alabama football the last couple of days. Transfer portal, stay hot. The transfer portal definitely stays hot, and that's the case once again on Thursday as we learn redshirt sophomore cornerback Brandon Turnage now looking to explore opportunities elsewhere. This on the heels of another corner a couple of weeks ago, almost immediately after a day you heard from Ronald Williams, the junior college transfer from a year ago. He, too, looking to make a jump. So we've talked about the numbers. We've talked about the competition at a myriad of positions on this Alabama football team. So not surprising. And I'll tell you what, Brandon Turnage can play. Brandon Turnage will help somebody in 2021 at the Power Five level, too. I think he's got that type of ability. He was sort of buried in Tuscaloosa. Even with Patrick Sertan II moving on, you still bring back a starter in Josh Job. Jalen Armour Davis was especially impressive throughout spring practice. Jaquincy McKinstry enters the mix. Marcus Banks expected to be back to full health for fall camp. You know, that's four corners right there before you got to really Ronald Williams and also Brandon Turnage. So, a Position of depth, you got a couple of guys coming in in the summer. And Devontae Smith out of the Cincinnati, Ohio area. You've got Kadarius Callaway coming over from Mississippi, Philadelphia, Mississippi. Hometown of Marcus Dupree, to be exact. Who anticipates that he might even play some corner. Terry and Arnold, who is listed, I believe, in the uh, recruiting profiles as a safety, he can play corner. So you've got versatility with so many of these guys these days. And when you look at corner and what it typically feeds into at programs like Alabama, even with as much nickel and dime as defenses are playing these days, at Alabama, there's the luxury of having a couple of guys in Brian Branch and Malachi Moore who are essentially specialists. They're safeties by trade. We've talked about it before on the program. But with the current situation that Alabama has at safety, DeMarco Ellum's back. You've got Daniel Wright back. Obviously, Jordan Battle, a starter to go along with Ellum's in the base defense. Uh, You've got the kind of numbers at both safety and corner where you can take guys like Malachi Moore and Brian Branch and say, look, just focus on star, focus on money. And that's where we're going to really utilize you the most. So that's the situation right now that guys like Brandon Turnage and Ronald Williams found themselves dealing with. And again, I think both Williams and Turnage at the Power Five level will help somebody during the upcoming season. I probably, if I were a school in the market for one one of those two guys, I'd probably try to take both if I could. Uh, but if I were going to pick one, I'd probably go with Turnage because with the free year last season, he still has, theoretically, he has four years of eligibility remaining. So you're still getting what is basically a redshirt freshman from the Alabama program that has had two years under the tutelage of Nick Saban and that defensive staff. 205 Nine nine zero four. That is the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio line. You also had Nick Saban in South Alabama last night. Looked like Nick was pretty much humored, wasn't he, when he was asked about Jimbo Fisher's comments to the Houston Touchdown Club, where emphatically Jimbo, well, okay, maybe tongue in cheek, just a little bit, uh, went to the extent of saying not only would Texas A and M. Win a game against a Nick Saban-coached Alabama team. Texas A&M would beat Nick Saban's ass. He said to that booster club. And so Nick, Nick, when presented with that last night at a charity event down in South Alabama, you know Nick's kind of reached a point in his career where he just kind of laughs stuff off. You know, doesn't even raise his eyebrows. But. uh yeah, it was it was interesting last night to see uh, to see Nick's response to that. Like, oh, is, is he talking about golf? Beautiful. <laughs> That's where Nick Saban is at this point, I guess. When you've won seven national titles and you've yet to lose to one of your uh, one of your Disciples, you can you can have that kind of fun with it. 205-342-9904 is the Peterbrook Chocolatier studio line. I'll say this, though. You know, it's something that you sort of laugh off in early to mid-May. But, again, with the wording that was used by Jimbo Fisher, don't think when early October rolls around and that much-anticipated road trip to College Station starts to show up, that you're not going to hear that or hear the talk about that every day in the lead-up to that game against Texas A&M. And Alabama fans certainly have that uh, in their their back pocket as well, Ed Orgeron style from a year ago. If A&M loses yet again to Alabama, the Alabama fans are going to come with the big hammer on that statement. from Jimbo Fisher. Let's go to the Peterbrook Chocolatier Studio Line right now at 205 9904 Check in with Tom on A Friday. Tom, how you doing? Travis, how are you? I'm great, sir.
2: How are you? I'm great today because Peterbrook saved me and made me a
3: hero. Yeah, well, we're proud of you, Tom.
2: Thank you so much for doing that. And they will do that over I can, there. They will make you look
3: like good, Tom. Like
2: Jacob did after the draft.
4: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, gosh. I studied did- this morning because I am, <clears throat> listen to me carefully, the hero. <clears throat> How are you doing, Travis? You're
3: like, I'm great. You're like me. You like to go to one place, knock it out, and – not only knock it out, but you look like uh, you look like Superman in the process, you know. Check this so out. it's a good I, thing. I, I don't want
2: anybody to get mad at me for this being an infomercial. Okay. All right, but but I do gifts like one shows up Wednesday, one shows up Thursday, then one shows up Friday, Saturday, and then the wow. big one on Sunday, right? Wow! Absolutely. That's me. And so I called Peter Brook. I said, "I really need you to ship me," <laughs> and they did it, <laughs> a it deal. right on time. <laughs> nice. Well, we're glad to hear that. Okay, I'm gonna I'm quit saying anything because I that's know that's okay. That right. You sure?
3: Yeah. What else? No, you're good. What else you got for us?
2: I got. I need to send Jimbo a message via your show. <laughs> Go ahead, Jimbo. You're dealing with a bunch of elephants over here in West Alabama. We don't forget. And then my second message is this. Dear Jimbo, Sticks and stones may break our bones, but words, words will never beat Bama's ass. (laughs) See you, Travis.
3: All right, Tom. There he goes. You know, and look, I'm not going to put too much into that statement, into those comments from Jimbo. But Nick Saban loves it, man. You don't think Nick Saban, he loves to hear stuff like that. Probably as much as anything because it just sort of reaffirms that uh, how rent-free Nick Saban in Alabama lives in some of these guys' heads these days and how much the emphasis, how much the focus is on Alabama. And you know what happens a lot of times when you do that, by the way? Uh Uh-oh, two weeks before the visit from Bama, what happens? Somebody sneaks up on you. And then what happens a lot of times the very next week, a team gets all built up for Alabama, and it doesn't go as hoped. What happens that next week? How many times has Nick Saban coached Alabama Beaten teams twice. Now, I'll give Jimbo credit for that in 2020. Came into Tuscaloosa early and got smoked by 28. But held it together, got that big win over Florida, and showed some bounce back, showed some resiliency. More often than not, though, that's not the case. Too many times opponents of Alabama roll into that next week or two and it turns into a couple of l's, and that's where a and m you know has to be careful too with all of this in the lead up and I'll say it again i here's the thing for Alabama too, as much as that game's going to be talked about i I think that road trip to Florida on September the eighteenth has potential to be at least very interesting. Because I don't think there's any way Florida defensively is going to be as bad as that Florida defense we saw last year. They returned Ventrell Miller at the middle linebacker position. Kyra Elam expected to be one of the better cornerbacks in all of college football. They've got to improve some things in that secondary at the safety position. You're going to have some adept edge pass rush with Cox back got a couple of grad transfers on that defensive line i think that could be a very interesting trip for alabama on september the 18th yes you will have seen my alma in the season opener in atlanta so you will have given bryce young that opportunity to get his feet wet at least in a neutral site environment against a power five opponent uh but that road trip to Gainesville, where I see on the secondary ticket market right now tickets for Alabama, Florida, in Gainesville on the secondary market, somewhere in the neighborhood of 200 bucks. right now. We'll see as that gets closer. 205-342-9904. Had a tough day for Alabama athletics and the university and certainly Alabama softball yesterday with the passing of Ann Rhodes. We talk about Peterbrook chocolates here. Miss Rhodes was a Loyal customer over there at Peterbrook. So I know the chocolate lady when I informed her yesterday of uh, the passing of Miss Rhodes. She was she was pretty upset to learn of that. Of course, Ann Rhodes and her late husband John—they had their names on the stadium there for Alabama softball. John, the John and Ann Rhodes Stadium. Uh, very fitting that Alabama would go out last night and blank old miss 8 to nothing another ocho run run rule job for patrick murphy's team eight straight win for alabama now 40 and 7 overall and 16 and 6 in the southeastern conference montana Fouts with a two hit shutout 8k's only 8k's because she only pitched 5 innings she was headed for double digit strikeouts again just got cut short by the 5 innings Montana Fouts now 18-3 and three on the season with a 1.67 ERA. And we've talked about here in the last week or so getting production throughout the lineup. Every Alabama starter had a hit in the game last night. Savannah Woodard with three RBI. Game two tonight there at the Rhodes House, 6 o'clock. And the finale with Ole Miss tomorrow at 11 a.m. That game, by the way, will air on the sec network got some pretty big baseball taking place up in nashville this weekend as well alabama on the road taking on a vanderbilt team that right now is tied with tennessee atop the sec standings um or the sec east for sure yeah and so, a uh, real challenge for the 11 and 10 in the SEC Alabama baseball team. Speaking of baseball, we'll have to ask Charlie Potter about his bipolar Braves. What about the Braves, man? Up and down. Get swept by the Blue Jays, stay on the road, sweep the Nationals. It's Atlanta Braves baseball in 2021 to this point. Had some heartbreaking news from uh, Huntsville this morning as it relates to high school sports. The Northridge girls' soccer team was up two to one in a Class Six A state final, state semifinal match against St. Paul's of Mobile. Two to one lead, twenty minutes to go in the match, and St. Paul's scores two goals, including one, the game winner, with twenty-six seconds left, and our Northridge girls soccer team this morning falls in the 6a state semifinals three to two hey when we come back we're going to talk with charlie potter my colleague there with BamaOnline.com. we'll get his thoughts on the brandon turnage news which he confirmed for us there at bama online yesterday we'll talk some alabama football in general we'll have a lot of fun with charlie potter when Southern Fried Sports presented by Peterbrook Chocolatier returns, right here on Tide 100.9 FM, right after this.
1: Up now. Tide 100.9 Tuscaloosa weather. What a beautiful day, a sunny afternoon, the high 71. Clear and cool tonight, the low 49. Tomorrow's sunny with a high at 77. Sunday, partly sunny during the day, then showers and thunderstorms arrive Sunday night. Sunday's high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa.
0: Tide 100.9. For more coverage of Alabama football, visit us at tide100.9.com or down Download the free Tide 100.9 app. The
2: Crimson Tide will not...
3: A. M. And hadn't seen one of these in a while. An ice cream truck, an ice cream man in an actual ice cream truck. Like he was setting up right across the street from an elementary school. Talking about knowing your demographic. Got me a little nostalgic going back to the old uh, childhood days in the ice cream man. Love that ice cream truck, man. Probably the screwball was the go-to for the ice cream man. It's kind of that sherbety type of cup of whatever, something unhealthy. And at the very bottom, it had this gumball, and you thought this gumball was always going to be the best piece of gum you ever had. And after about two or three chomps into it, you realized it was essentially about the same as an eraser on one of your number two pencils. (laughs) Oh, it was always disappointing, that gumball at the bottom of that screwball. I don't know. Maybe Charlie Potter is still maybe too young. Maybe Charlie didn't experience the ice cream man growing up there in the B. What about it, Charlie? Any experience with the ice cream man in the ice cream truck growing up?
5: Oh, yeah. Um, It never really came by my house, but it was always uh, in the neighborhood my my grandmother uh, lived in. So, um that and then um when we would go down to the beach down to Gulf Shores they would always go down to the main strip and I remember getting them there. So I was more of a, a popsicle guy. Mm-hmm. Uh, I remember Push-pop? they had um uh, No, it was I'm trying to remember I don't remember the exact name of it. It was it was um it was a Jolly Rancher like popsicle and it had all the flavors oh. on it. So You know, especially, you know, during the summer, you know, in in Northeast Alabama or down at the beach, uh, a popsicle just felt like the way to go. And uh, I never was one for the the characters that always come out
3: deformed or whatever, but popsicle was the way that I went with those. Yeah, we used to get the, uh, they had the Astro Pops. You could get the red, white, and blue, or you could get like the banana fudge. You know, we get those. Strawberry shortcake has gotten some love here on the uh, Twitter timeline this morning. So, uh, yeah, a little nostalgia for the, for the ice cream man. Good to see one rolling around again uh, here in the hopefully latter stages of a pandemic that is still ongoing. But uh, Charlie, let's talk first about your bipolar brace, man. I mean, what is the deal? Uh, Get swept, sweep somebody now come home. We'll see what happens with these next two series, I guess with the Phillies and the blue Jays, uh, Any explanation for this Braves club to this point?
5: (laughs) Not really. Uh, It'd be nice if they played the the Nationals and the Cubs every series (laughs) because it seems like they play really well against them. Bipolar, I I like that, but that sounds like a great way to sum them up. But, you know, I mean, you look at it, what they're only a game and a half back from the Phillies Mm. and the um, NLE standings. So it has been. You know, not the best of stars, but they're not, they're still not in bad shape. It's early on. There's still a lot of baseball to go. So hopefully they can iron things out. Cause yeah, I mean, it is baseball. You're not, you're not going to go undefeated and win every game, but they have been pretty unpredictable of late.
3: We talk about Alabama football and we hit on this in the opening segment too. But if you had done maybe an overview, of this Alabama football team and this roster coming out of spring practice and knowing the numbers and the quality of the numbers at a lot of spots on this team would cornerback have been one of those places where on April 17th, you thought, eh, there could be some movement here because you do have Josh Job coming back and Jalen Armored Davis. You've got this mix of both youth and experienced talent and, You kind of consider the way in which corners are going to be able to be used, it looks like, in this defense in 2021, maybe even into 2022. Uh, Where would cornerback have ranked now that we've seen Ronald Williams and here more recently Brandon Turnage move on? Yeah, it would be up there,
5: uh, for sure. You know, you, you, talked about the, the mixture of experience and, uh, youth. And I think that was on full display, uh, in the A Day game. You know, you had, uh, Josh Job and Jalen Armour Davis, you know, working with the ones. They did that for pretty much the entirety of the spring. And then I know he wasn't able to participate in the game, but Marcus Banks was there with the twos along with a newcomer in Quincy McKinstry. So just seeing Kool-Aid. Work with the twos and do that pretty regularly. Kind of, you know, was the writing on the wall that maybe some of these guys that have been in the program for a couple of years or more, uh, would, would maybe look elsewhere this offseason because it is a deep, um, it's a deep position group. Um, you still have guys like uh, a Robinson who we saw, you know, work at Star with the twos. Uh, and then he was, you know, working some with the ones because, uh, Malachi Moore and, and uh, Brian Branch didn't play in the eight day game. You still have, um, guys like Kyrie Jackson and, uh, Devontae Smith coming in in the summertime. So I, I think that guys that were kind of stuck with the threes, so to speak, um, kind of saw the writing on the wall and that, that wasn't all that surprising. I had a, a hunch that at least one of them would enter the transfer portal and a guy like Ronald Williams, you know, being a junior college transfer, his window is not, um, you know, as, as open as everybody else is because he's already, you know, gone through a few years of, of college eligibility. So, yeah, I mean, it was, it was one of those. And, and now it would be interesting to see, you know, what happens at wide receiver because Alabama mm-hmm. goes out and adds um, a transfer. And, and Jamison Williams, you have a guy in JoJo Earl that's coming in in the summertime, and a lot of people are high on him and his ability. Um, that's a position group that isn't as defined as the cornerback spot in terms of experience and maybe what it will look like in, in 2021. But that could be another one because Alabama still has to you know, get down to that 85-player limit to be one to watch
3: moving forward. Now, there are exceptions for super seniors, correct? Um, I guess uh, six-year guys, and I'm thinking Alabama has just a couple of those? Yeah, my
5: understanding would be that the only two are, are Chris Owens and Brian Robinson because last year Robinson was a true senior and uh, Chris Owens was a fifth-year senior. So I get a lot of questions about guys like uh, Christopher Allen, who was in his fourth year last year uh, and is, will be a, a fifth-year player this year, but he redshirted in 2018. That was a medical redshirt year. So he's listed as a redshirt junior. Alabama listed him as a true junior uh, on their, their roster when you look at the, his individual uh, page on their roster and everything like that. So I think it would be two... So if you take that into consideration, you know Alabama has 90 scholarship players on the roster. You take those two away, they're 88. So that's three more that have to go. And um, you know we've talked about it. I'm sure you've talked about it with Hank South here. Um, you know there's there's still out out there in the market for guys like a Henry Toa Toa um, and you know others. JTT the. Five-star defensive lineman from the 2021 class, so it'll be interesting to see how this roster shakes out. But there, you know, you, you, I would expect to see you know, at least a, a couple more guys to, to enter the portal just to get under that 85-player limit.
3: Talking with Charlie Potter does an outstanding job covering the Alabama Crimson Tide for us there at BamaOnline.com. Interesting with a lot of these guys, really all these guys, I guess Charlie, that have hit the portal for alabama leaving alabama is that what we know to this point i guess is that they've all landed at power five programs elsewhere
5: yeah i mean you you look at some of these guys i mean uh i know he transferred during the season but ishmael sobshire landed at usc we know that ben davis ended up at texas ali kaho went to ucla um even a guy like Kevin Harris, he's another one that transferred during the season, went to Georgia Tech, Eddie Smith, uh, is at Illinois, um, Joseph Bou at Vanderbilt. So yeah, every one of them I haven't even thought about that that they have landed at Power Five schools and you look at guys like Ronald Williams and uh, Brandon Turnage, I mean they could very well do the same. Mm-hmm. Um, you know I, I think that early on, I haven't really heard much else about it. Uh, but uh, a guy like Ronald Williams was maybe tied to a place like Mississippi State. Uh, That would also make sense for a guy like Brandon Turnage, who's from Oxford, Mississippi. Uh, I'm sure there are other SEC programs that would like to have, uh, you know, DBs that have worked under Nick Saban for a couple of years and are, you know, itching to to get some prominent playing time. So, yeah, I I think that train will continue. Um, You know, Alabama transfers are kind of at the top of the market when it comes to teams reaching out and, looking for their services. So you've had eight players transfer either during the 2020 season or after it, and um, you know all of them have landed on Power 5 teams. So I think that says a lot about what Alabama is able to do from a development standpoint. and also says a lot about the depth, that they have t- uh, guys that are capable of, of landing at Power 5 schools and maybe being contributors somewhere else that aren't able to make the cut on their roster as it is.
3: So, Charlie, what was it like to have actual in-person interaction with Nick Saban and others here in the last few days? Because uh, it had been a while for that, hadn't
5: it? Yeah, it, it was strange because I was, I was up at Greystone on Wednesday for the uh, Regents Tradition Pro-Am. And um, after everything was, was finished, uh, sitting in the clubhouse and just you know getting a quick story up and, and uploading some video and I was sitting there thinking. And I, I talked with, I think it was Michael Casagrande at AL com. I was like, that was the first time we've seen Nick Saban in person and talked to him since signing day of of 2020. And yeah. I, I remember that vividly because he told me I didn't know how to do math. Um, <laughs> so it, it had been a it had been a while. And of course, you know, the, the day that you know NATO and, and Nick Saban were were there and just a few feet away from them, uh, albeit outside and everything, it, it was raining. So, uh, maybe a little poetic justice there for them to rain on their parade that they have to do that with us in person again. But, um, no, it was, uh, it was interesting. Of course, you know, it, things like that, those are brief. Um, you know, I don't even know if Nick Saban spoke for, for five minutes, but, you know, Nate had said a lot of good things to say. And, and you know, even Saban in the, the brief time, even talking about mostly his golf game, talked about retiring from his noon. New- Noontime Basketball League. So it was good to to do that in person. It was different. It felt kind of strange having done so many interviews over the past year, you know, in my office at home in front of my computer via Zoom. But uh, hopefully that'll be more than normal moving forward. We'll be able to get back into the the Mount Moore facility and do some some player interviews and press conferences in person this fall.
3: You know, when we do hear from Nick Saban, and he's asked about this quarterback situation that he has – uh, he, he still hasn't gone as far as to just outright say uh, in plain terms that Bryce Young is our starter, but you talk about a formality at, at this point just in the way he talks about the situation. Uh, seems like that's pretty much a done deal.
5: Yeah, I mean, um, if, if you're Paul Tyson or, or Jalen Milrow um, – It it sounds like you're battling for the backup spot because he did do a special edition of of Hey Coach, him and um, Nate Oates, Christy Curry, even Joe Namath was on. It was about an hour and a half long event that they did for, you know, ticket holders and things like that. And uh, I was on there and um, he was just talking really about the the team um, after spring practice. And I'll, I'll just read you the quote. He said, We've got a new quarterback who made a lot of progress. I think Bryce had a really good spring. We've still got to develop backups and competition at that position, which is very important in football to be successful. So, yeah, I mean, what, what you said, I mean, it, it's all but a formality that the Bryce Young, you know, barring an injury or, or just a setback, be the starter. I've said it before, you know, he's going to have to take a step back and then the other two are going to have to take two steps forward for something to change. Um, but I mean, it is not to discredit the other two, but it is important for you to have a backup. We've seen uh, in the past, we've seen it at at all levels of competition. You know, something happens to the starter, the quarterback position is the most important position on the field. And you're going to have to have a guy that's ready to go. And so, I mean, just look at the 20, Nineteenth uh, season with Mac Jones. I mean, Alabama uh, was eliminated from the playoff picture, but Mac Jones went in and, and won some football games as the number two quarterback. So, um, yeah, I think it's important for those guys to develop. But um, he hasn't said Bryce Young is the starter, but the way that he said it pretty much indicates that he
3: is. So, as we let you go, Charlie, you mentioned Nate Oates. I guess if you're an Alabama fan, you could take a little bit of comfort in his comments that. Uh, it looks like Jaden Shackelford and, uh, Josh Primo are the only two players on this roster, uh, from returning roster potentially that are testing the NBA draft waters as two pretty big guys. But, uh, is that, is that what we're looking at here as we move through that process?
5: Yeah. Um, he says that he thinks those will be the only two underclassmen that'll test the draft waters. Um, you can always get surprised things happen. I think players have until the end of the month, to declare for the draft, but in you know, the way that he talked in um, the question before I asked him about the, if, if anybody else would uh, be entering the draft, he talked about the guys coming back. You know, he said they've got their leading returning scorer back in Jaden Shackelford. And then he, you know, paused and said, provided he doesn't stay in the draft. Um, and I think he expects, at least one of them to come back. I think both probably uh, could. But you look at a guy like Primo, um, he's someone – the NBA draft is a little different than the NFL draft in that, you know, some teams will, will take a guy on, on upside what they think that he can do. And I know Primo, you know, wasn't Alabama's leading scorer or anything like that, but he's a big combo guard that can play well both ends of the floor, and, and maybe that's something that, um, you know, Gets him some some first round money, and if it is, then then he's advised to to stay in the draft. But I think what's big is it sounds like in all um, intensive purposes that Nado's expects Javon Quinterly to be back, and you know someone that really played well down the stretch. I think that's that's huge. You, know, you pair him with a guy like J D. Davison. You know, if you get Shackelford to come back, you have Keon Ellis. You're going to have an Amari Burnett. Um, you're going to have some really talented guard play, even if a guy like Primo decides to stay in the draft. So, uh, yeah, I think this team is – I think he's looking forward to what it can be. But right now, you know, you're just waiting to see what those two guys will do and I guess kind of holding your breath that another one won't enter the draft before the end of the month. But, yeah, I mean, just from uh, where they stand right now, you have those two guys in the draft. Um, you'll see what happens there. And then, you know, hopefully you get them both out. They have until, I believe – the first or second week of July to to then remove their name from the draft. So it'll it'll be a while. It'll be a waiting game for, for Alabama's basketball to see how this roster will look. But, um, you know, Nate Oates is, is a big component of, of them trying to get feedback. It's good for the program. It can only benefit them, and you know, we'll see what they decide to do.
3: Well, Charlie, as always, we appreciate the time. Always appreciate your great work with us there at BamaOnline.com as well. Have a great weekend, Charlie. All right, man. Thanks for having me. There he goes. Charlie Potter, longtime veteran of the Alabama Crimson Tide Beat, joining us on a Friday edition of Southern Pride Sports. Gonna step aside for a quick break. When we come back, more of the show on Tide one hundred point nine FM right after this. Thanks.
2: Back we stopped are you just about And you know
3: was the hottest part of the day back with more of a Friday edition of Southern fries. Sports right here on Tide 100.9 FM Went to the bar we got some important updates for you that's right the ice cream man thread on the Twitter that I started this morning Asking the question, what was slash is your ice cream man go-to treat? Jacob Harrison, I see here, has chimed in with a Spidey, Spider-Man treat. It looks like the same type of stuff. I call it stuff because I really don't know what's in that screwball. But it looks like the same type of stuff, except the Spider-Man version has two gumballs. Jacob Harrison, two gumballs. There you go. Bryant Horn taking exception with you though here, Jacob, and says you gotta go with the Chaco Taco when the uh when the ice cream man rolls around. So uh some important input that we're getting here on the ice cream man thread, uh Gary on the Twitter at Gary RTR. He says uh he likes the screwball and he likes bomb pops. And Joe Toomey pal of the show. Flintstone push up or the Mickey Mouse ears. Chef Shannon Gober on the Twitter. I mean we gotta take we got to take Shannon with an exceptional uh, level of expertise here. He is after all a a chef for crying out loud. John's City Diner over there in the Birmingham area. He says the original drumstick has to be on there somewhere. Yeah, I can go drumstick. Go drumstick uh, any day of the week, chef. That coupon no picture that has coupons saving five cents. Yeah, you can save five cents <laughs> on the uh, on the drumstick. We also called those nutty buddies. We called those, you know. And then they really took on an extra level of deliciousness when they started to put the the little bit of chocolate at the bottom of the cone there as your capper on those drumsticks. They evolved, the drumstick did. We're going to head to our final break. Maybe we'll ask Pops for his ice cream man treat selection when we come back with more of a Friday edition of Southern Friday Sports Radio on Tide 100.9 FM right after this.
1: Uh, Tide 100.9, Tuscaloosa weather. What a beautiful day, a sunny afternoon, the high 71. Clear and cool tonight, the low 49 tomorrow's sunny with a high at 77. Sunday, partly sunny during the day. then showers and thunderstorms arrive Sunday night. Sunday's high at 81. I'm James Spann on the ABC 3340 Weather Center on Tide 100.9. It's 68 degrees in Tuscaloosa. The flagship station for
0: Alabama Crimson Tide football. Alabama touchdown. Only on Tide 100.9 and streaming on the Tide 100.9 app.
3: In 1946, one of the two drummers for the Grateful Dead, Bill Kritzman. 75 years old today, Billy. And of course, we're going to give you some Grateful Dead and a little Alabama getaway as we get out of here on a Friday. But not before we check in uh, with the man, the myth, the legend, Pops. Pops, how you doing? All right. How y'all doing? We're good, man. You know, they've got this uh, Region's Tradition PGA Tours Champion event in the Birmingham area yeah. every year, and it's taking place this week. And they have the Celebrity Pro Am on Wednesdays. I'm surprised at this point, Pops, that you haven't gotten an invite as a celebrity <laughs> to play. I would okay. think people would, would love to play oh, in your yeah. group. I'm sure. I'm sure. Celebrity oh. of your status. Mm-hmm. I'd like to get you I'd like to get you and Charles Barkley together is what I'd like to do. Boy, now that'd be a team
4: right there.
3: That is the pairing <laughs> we all deserve. Pops and Charles Barkley that for eighteen was, holes of golf. Oh, Darren Clark
4: had a first round lead, didn't
3: he? Yeah, I think so. Yeah, I think so, yeah. That's yeah. good. That's real good. Darren Darren Clark looks like he could put away a few beers, Pops. Well, just you know, looking at it.
4: Back when he won, he won the uh, British Open a few years ago, and uh-huh. you don't hear from him since. <laughs> mm-hmm. I think he's just living life, enjoying
3: life. You know, he,
4: he, exactly. He, he figured he
3: didn't have to do anything else. Speaking of uh, downing beers, uh, I understand it was the first Thirsty Thursday for your Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. Last night, and you were absent. You, you, yes, you didn't make tardy. it. uh it's a, I I I Believe it or not, I wasn't aware
4: of it until you, you brought it to my uh-huh. You mean uh, your white
3: uh, nationalist friends didn't alert you, Pops? I know. I know. They're, they're, they they're, usually let you drive, drive them down there, don't they? they don't you usually? You're the wheel tickets. man usually for that.
4: Well, you know, they got that limited ticket right now, so I don't know. Ah, uh, maybe you got to close out. Or what?
3: yeah those guys, may, those guys may be ditching you pops they may be, ditching that'd, be you. that'd be
4: okay too that would be okay <laughs> uh, I, I, I wouldn't have a problem with
3: that at all <laughs> oh pops yeah hey, pops uh, pops uh we're talking about a uh, favorite ice cream man truck treats i'm sure you had yours growing up what uh did you have a go-to when the ice cream truck would come around, a favorite well, treat?
4: I always liked that orange, orange. Uh, what it was like, sherbet.
3: You, it's like it a screwball, like, yeah. Yeah,
4: so I was like, I, that was what I looked forward to.
3: It had a gumball at the bottom. Yeah, exactly. I, that was a screwball. So I guess I came about that honestly, because that's my favorite. <laughs> yeah. I, I can't believe it was yours, too. I like those Astro pops though, but I like the banana fudge. I didn't like yeah, the red, white, and blue. Yeah. You know, a lot of the kids like that red, white, and blue Astro pop. We'd we'd hear the
4: we'd hear the truck coming and, and the music, and we'd run get mama to get get us a quarter out of the piggy bank, or, or, mm-hmm. which, which took a a crowbar to do, you know. <laughs> and uh, <but> we'd find, <laughs> we we heard that that music on that truck, and we knew to run
3: in and get some money. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, we would we would kill each other trying to get out there. Mm-hmm. You know, Eddie Murphy, the comedian, years ago, one of his earliest stand-up acts that really propelled him to stardom, if you haven't seen it, I think most people have, of thirty-eight, thirty years or plus, uh, age 30 and up, uh, the ice cream man bit that he does as a part of his stand-up routine yeah. from... The 80s is iconic. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> hey, uh, speaking of comedians, who's your favorite comedian of all time, Pops? Oh, my. You
4: know, you know I like Don Rickles, but not, not but a few minutes of him. You know? Uh,
3: yeah, where are I you out?
4: I can't take him for 30 minutes, but, you know. But he's, hmm. he's crazy. And I also like the, the, the guy that showed me no respect. What was his name? Rodney Dangerfield Rodney I mean that guy in that movie he made at school He was, you know went back to college or whatever back
3: to school yeah back oh, to school God. He, was a, he was a diver yeah. and also like um, the triple lindy uh, that he hit at the end yeah. yeah
4: but also like the what's his name that would always get in a fight with his with his uh, his, his guy that took care of his house I can't even
3: think of the
4: thing. Huh. Um, you know who I'm talking about?
3: I'm trying to. Th- I'm trying is to think the, the mean, guy who always got the fight.
4: fight. He'd walk through the door and he'd get attacked by him.
3: Oh man, I'm drawing a blank, pops. I, guy, I, uh, I, 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 you know, Richard Pryor, George Carlin. Well, this and was, probably this, Eddie Murphy would be my top three. This wasn't
4: three of really all a, time. a comedian; he was an actor. Mm-hmm. But uh, he was funny and, yeah. Old
3: age. Yeah. You know. Uh huh. Well, you know. Think speaking, I think that's speaking. Speaking of Father Time, what about Albert Pujols getting reassigned yeah, well, by what the angels? It? Did
4: you see that? I mean, what, what is going on? I had. Well, I, you know. I can't read the box scores in the paper. There's, the print is so small. You mm-hmm. know, I love to read mm-hmm. the box scores in the paper, and I can't even read them because they're so small. I, with my, now I've got a magnifying glass. It's, mm-hmm. it's, it's too much work to try to because I
3: keep up with all these guys. Apparently, he's not doing well. Well, he had five home runs, but he was hitting under two hundred. And yeah. uh, you know, Father Time, pops, yeah, well, comes for everybody. Pops, it's hard you to know? believe he's in his tenth year uh, with the Angels. You know? Yeah, I mean that deal. He got two hundred forty million for that, yeah. which that was a lot of money That's at nice. the time. Yeah. Now you got Trout and Tatis and some of these other guys. And that's why, again, Ronald Acuna Jr.'s deal with the Braves is the most club-friendly contract yeah. Yeah. in probably all of professional sports because he's probably a top-five player in his sport right now, Pops. Yeah. And they locked him up for 10 years, $100 million, $125 million. Right. So yeah, he's, making like, he's making like $12.5 million like half He's yeah. making half of what Albert Pools is making One this year. Half, half price, yeah. Yeah. And he's still got seven or eight years to go in that deal. Mm-hmm. 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 I know Atlanta
4: got away with it there, that's for sure.
3: Mm-hmm. But
4: uh
3: I, the boy can play, I'm telling you. Pops, your coach, Urban Meyer of your Jacksonville Jaguars. Said this uh, week, said earlier this week that Trevor Lawrence would have to earn the starting job, pops. Not just going to give it to Trevor, pops. He's got to like earn it, to
4: know pops. Who he's going to compete with?
3: <laughs> Jackson Deville,
4: the mascot. Hey, That's hey, who he's hey, competing hey, with. He, yeah, I, I mean, and, and he lives right down the street from Tebow. You know.
3: <laughs> <laughs> said Trev's got to earn that job, pops. Yeah, trevor has got to earn that job. Yeah. Yeah, I, I wonder hey. what Shad Khan, the owner, thought of that statement. He probably laughed, you know. Yeah,
4: uh, but, uh, well, I, I wonder why they got rid of all the, the, the scouts, that donkey. He, he fired all four of
3: them. Yeah, well, you know what? I read that you had some Jacksonville Jaguar scouts that were released of their duties, but I got to say— some of those guys had been with the Jags since their inception. Yeah, And if you're in scouting and you go 25 years. years with the same team, yeah. you just got to look at that as you won yeah. and you just oh, move yeah. on. I mean, uh, scouts oh, come yeah. and go every year, Pops. Oh, I know. I know. One of them
4: had 24 years of service. That's
3: what I'm saying. If you had 24 yeah. years with the same club and it's not like the Cowboys or somebody, yeah, I know. You, you did you, 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 you did pretty good. You wonder. You know, I mean, how, I don't like to see anybody they lose their job, But twenty-four that. with the same team—that's crazy. And look at all the coaches they've had. You know, yeah. And they've they I mean. General managers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right, pops. You ready for Mother's Day? You, you set up? You got it. taken care that, of for Anna. Run after I talk with y'all and uh, see if
4: I can't. You going up to the Dixie? Yeah. Um,
3: you know. Grocery store flowers and uh, some Skittles. Yeah, yeah, I'm looking for some Skittles, a bag of Skittles. I'm kind of the Urban Meyer of this year's Mother's Day activities. You know, I've been I've been named head coach of that, well, and it's, it's uh, be, you're, you're, you're the coordinator for cleanup. You're the was, coordinator for be cleanup. An interesting
4: Mother's Day this
3: year, that's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> All right, pops. Well, have All a good right, weekend.
4: man you All right, to y'all later,
3: goes. pops. That's going to do it for a Friday edition of Southern Fried Sports. Thanks to Pops. Thanks to Charlie Potter. Thanks to Jacob Harrison. Thanks to you for listening. The lunch whistle on this Friday, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa. They're great every day of the week. Mother's Day, uh, Saturday, today for lunch. If you're jumping in the rig trying to figure out what you're going to have for lunch, well, Southern Ale House, centrally located right there in the Indian Hill section of Tuscaloosa, so many great options from which to choose and they're going to take great care of you great customer service there at southern ale house as well until 11am on monday have a great weekend everybody Alabama, get away get away